Yo, I am so excited to talk about this movie. I'm positive that Soul has to be like literally in my top three of favorite Disney movies of all time. This quite literally has so many cool pieces to it that are just beautiful and divine. And they add so much depth and richness to this piece of the world that I can't wait to see come to the surface. And it's a piece of the world that I have absolutely marveled and been a beautiful divine spectator of with absolute adoration for so long now in my entire life. So I can't wait to look into these different aspects of this particular movie with you so we can get into it a little bit deeper. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Soul is about a man named Joe Gardner. Yo, Gardner. (laughs) He is an aspiring musician. Um, He loves to play the piano and he has dreams of doing this as his life's work. The day that he gets the opportunity to perform with a respected artist as the piano player in her jazz, I believe it's a quartet, he dies. Or at least he's supposed to. He gets stuck in limbo because he is determined not to miss the chance to perform with this well-known artist. And he really wants to fulfill this as his dreams because no one has actually believed that he could be a musician. And by no one, I mean his mother. She's the main person in his life that kind of doubts that music is going to go anywhere. So he has become a teacher and he loves teaching, but he also loves playing. He wants to be able to just play. So while he's in limbo, he gets mistaken as a mentor. So what happens is he dies. And when he's on the conveyor belt to go to the great beyond, He's like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. That's I'm, I got to go perform. Like, what are you talking about? So he pushes himself off that and ends up in the great before. When you go to the great before, he's air quotes mistaken, right? Because the constructs that are representations of the first formations of God, I guess, if you will, these constructs that kind of move things around know exactly who he is but they're not putting on to another aspect of them that I call the count and I'll get to that too they're not letting the count know that they know who he is it's kind of like pre-perception knows everything so whatever you do is pre-perception at some point so 22 has worked with all sorts of people and drove them crazy Mother Teresa a bunch of different artists, um, a bunch of different psychologists. They've all tried to mentor 22 to get the spark to go to Earth. And 22 is not having it. 22 has all these reasons why Earth is terrible and there's no reason to go there. Joe's like, what are you talking about? Life is cool. Wait a minute. Let's discover this. Let's discover that. So the movie starts out with him figuring out, oh shit, I'm going to have to do this in order to try and get back to earth well because 22 doesn't want to go to earth she's willing to trade her earth pass if she can get it she's willing to trade it so that joe can go back to earth and she never has to because she got the earth pass nobody can force her to go back through and get the spark again all right so on their journey they're finding that they're running out of time for 22 to get this earth pass so 22 is like well, I got another idea. Let's get you back to your body. Let's see where your body is and get you back to it. So she takes him into the astral realm. And in the astral realm, they meet this guy who's in a meditative state in the real world. 
and he saves souls while he's in this meditative state. So he's just like fishing around this world and pulling souls out of their dark abyss and like releasing them. So they find him and he's like, yeah, we can go find a thin spot in the veil and try to get you back to your body. When they do this, both Joe and 22 fall into the portal. Joe ends up in a cat. 22 ends up inside Joe's body. Now, Joe's got to figure out how to get back to this guy who's in the meditative state in the real world with 22, who's never been inside of a body before. So she's, or it's, experiencing Joe's body and Earth for the first time, including food, sensations. Can you imagine, like, just being popped into a grown man's body and then all of a sudden you're just having all of these sensations? Like, what in the world? So 22 is having a pretty full-on experience inside Joe's body. And in the meantime, Joe's like, I got to get ready to go do this performance. We got to get me back in there and out of this cat. And I don't know what we're going to do with you, 22, but we got to solve this riddle. They find the guy and the guy's like, well, I'm not off work until 6.30, so I'll meet you outside the performance and when they get there 22 decides she's actually really needs to experience this life as it is so she does not want to give joe his body back and joe is a cat so he is like pissed like i'm a cat by this time the count catches up with them which we'll go into what the count is a little bit deeper in a second this time the count catches up with them sticks them both back in their place and at the end of the movie What Joe comes to realize is that he was one more person who cast doubt upon 22. He just did it while he was in a cat and she was in his body. And all these other mentors had cast doubt on 22. So she was actually very self-conscious about coming to Earth because of the doubt that had been cast on her not being teachable. Joe has to end up going inside this very crazy lost soul cloud to pull 22 out and tell her she needs to go to Earth. And then Joe has to get to a space where he just accepts and he just needs to be dead. (laughs) Like he needs to be okay with dying because he wasn't going to get this opportunity in the first place because he cheated. We'll get there too when we talk about the count. So because of Joe's desire to go find 22, to give 22 the opportunity to experience life, and his willingness to just die at his piano in his apartment, they give him an opportunity to go back. And the end of the movie really sets a tone for how valuable every single blade of fucking grass in your life is. Every single bird chirping, every airplane flying over, all these little sensory experiences that allow you to have a really encompassing perception in the moment is what life is actually made of. That's what memories are made of. That's the balance of this. So in a nutshell, that's the summary of the movie. Now, I want to go into some other aspects of the movie in a lot more detail. Specifically, let's talk about the great beyond, the great before, the mentor program that he's in. And I'm also going to break down the significance of the number 22, as well as I want to talk about the different constructs and forms that were there, like the count. And 
The first thing we're going to discuss, because I want to start superficial and then let's go a little bit deeper. And I don't mean superficial in the sense that it's irrelevant because it's fake. I mean superficial in the sense that it's a worldly understanding and then we'll get into an etherical understanding. So stick with me. so frustrating if there's one thing I could say that's probably the most frustrating thing for me in the world it's that originality comes from the individuals who have the most melanin and this world is so fucking backwards for how that is treated and that entire process and it has been like this for so long Europe and the U.S. are the only places where non-melanated people dominate every other place in the world is dominated by melanated people I mean melanated like across the board, right? That's black and brown. There's so many levels to what the world actually looks like when it comes to the context of the beginning stages to the current. The world began with black culture. The world began with melanated individuals and melanated individuals brought forth the information that is agriculture, that is how do we cultivate land, personality, individual. In present day, what this movie did was give us an opportunity to go to black spaces in a way that we don't normally get an opportunity to. The way that the co-director put it was, there's no more culturally authentic place in the black community than the barbershop. In many ways, it's the town center, particularly for black men. It's a place where these men from all walks of life come together. That couldn't be more true. And that is one of the biggest kind of spaces in this movie where we get the opportunity to see black men in such a cool, peaceful, authentic light. We are often so bombarded with images that make us. This is really important to get into because in order for us to evolve as a whole species, it's gonna become really important to analyze what the we're doing here and where we have to put into count certain spaces to uplift individuals in particularly black men because in turn you will uplift black women if you do one you will in turn uplift the other there is dominant and there is recessive recessive would naturally attempt to prolong and placate and keep itself in existence if it understood that it was the minority what then if this recessive individual were to trick the world into believing that it was the majority or that its power was the majority. You're looking at it. So we have to think clearly about what equilibrium looks like. In order to get to a space of equilibrium, we have to start somewhere. We cannot just anticipate that every black man and every black woman should just drop the rope and all of a sudden just assimilate to the current culture and everything's going to be fine. That's not what's happening in this community. This community is being targeted. It's being murdered and no one's literally doing anything about it. I, I couldn't ask anyone in that position to just just to just be cool. Like, why? I don't understand why we can't just like be cool, just equilibrium, just be cool. No, there's been no form of remorse shown. There's been no form of reparations handed back. There's been no form of actual process to uplift and 
engage in uncomfortable conversations that will allow us to have fucking breakthroughs when it comes to this shit. White people do not want to fucking hear it. I can't stand the level of ignorance sometimes that I have to counteract because I'll tell someone straight up how stupid they sound when they say some ignorant dumb shit that they just don't understand because they've never taken any time to literally just go hang out in black spaces. If you can get invited, motherfucker, you are not fun to be around. Look at you. So for me, this movie was really, really cool because it was validating to say, look, this is a whole aspect of a whole being. You need to come up out of your stereotypes of what you actually think of black men or what you actually think of black women in order to understand this is a whole being, a whole divine essence with a culture, with a history. And it goes so much deeper than what I can really get into with this movie. But like black history is so much deeper than fucking slavery. Like, could you guys dig deeper, please? Could you guys maybe go study the Moors? If you could, please just go study some other aspects of history that was not written by Europeans in favor of Europeans. Cause when you do, you're going to find that there's so much more to this story, man. And why wouldn't the individual who wants to maintain the center position of I'm the boss tell you what they want you to know about them in order for them to maintain that position? Like, come on. I'm going to also need you to read The Art of War. <laughs> I'm going to need you to get into understanding how this shit works because there's depths to this. This movie gave us an opportunity to finally see something that hasn't been represented by Disney ever at all and there's something very rich and powerful about that experience and it does bother me that they put joe's character in a fucking cat for the majority of the movie that actually irritates me but i had a discussion about it with my friend and she was like but honestly you know tina fey's voice inside his body is what's going to help people connect in a way that's more relatable they're gonna actually feel more connected to joe gardner because they can see his body but they can hear tina Fey, so they feel less threatened and that shit irks me but she's not wrong there was subtle undertones there that were put into place on purpose for the psychology of the situation it's gonna get deeper let's go let's get deep Let's talk about the significance of the number 22. It is no coincidence that Disney made this character's name 22. 22 is a master number in soul. 22 is a master number in numerology when it comes to the soul. The way that you find your life path number is you add your birthday all the way across. So you would add... For my birthday, it's April 15th, 86. So I would add four plus one plus five plus one plus nine plus eight plus six. Get that all the way across. Adds up to 34. And then you would add, if that number is not 11, 22, or 33, or 44 in some cases, if that number is not a repeated number, like those numbers, which those numbers are considered master numbers, then you would add those two numbers together. And so for me, it would be 34. You'd add three and four, seven. So I'm a 34, seven. That's how you get your life path number. 22 as her name, as her soul, and if you've noticed in the movie, all of the souls have a number. So her number being 22 means that was literally the 22nd soul 
that was created. This says a lot about what we're looking at with 22. It also says a lot about what we're looking at with Joe Gardiner. Like, yo, yo Gardiner. Like, he's your gardener. So much subtle knowledge, sacred knowledge dropped into this. So 22, whether you break down life path numbers, you would break down the the significance of the two numbers that make up the numbers. The reason why these are master numbers is because they take one number and double it. So they take all the properties of that number and, and have almost like a dualistic superpower when it comes to it. 22s have all the power of 11s but doubled. So they actually are more of a master teacher. They tend to have more discipline than 11s. 33s, same thing. They've got all the power of 22 and 11. And so they're considered to be another version of a master teacher, um, just with different properties because they're holding the properties from the number three, whereas 22 is holding the properties from the number two. So two is master partnerships um, with a kind of favored energy towards passivity and introspection. And then adding those together to get the number four. Four is actually a number geared around earthbound concerns, but earthbound concerns around practicality and equilibrium between heaven and earth. So four is actually a more divine element of understanding spirituality from a equilibrium weighing out of things kind of aspect they put 22 in this to help identify this process of who is going to help us save or build our soul Hmm. yo gardener this quite interesting but simple melanated man who has such a basic life and huge aspirations that's the guy (laughs) i think this movie gives us an opportunity to see how divine masculine energy moves the world and it was important to put a black man as the center because this is the man we've put at the lowest aspects in our current society affairs therefore this is the man that if we uplift we uplift everyone That's a big concept for people to wrap their heads around. And I'm happy to break it down further if you need some insights. But I feel like I've kind of put into perspective how valuable it is to recognize what the original is. Recognize what dominant and recessive is and why that exists. Dominant is the original gene. The world is giving us a really clear-cut idea right now of what it looks like when we push ourselves as far away from the source as we can get. But because the world is based on infinity and it's based on cycles, we will inevitably begin walking back towards the source. Now let's discuss the great beyond, the great before, and the mentor program. The reason why I like that we put these as spiritual constructs into this movie is because the great before really lays out what a lot of people hypnotherapists individuals have actually said our spirit or our soul explains having gone through prior to current life experience oftentimes 
people will report that they went through an entire process of choosing this life, of seeing certain things they were going to go through, understanding certain processes of that, and and co-signing, writing it off. Okay, fine, I'll go do that. This would be the great before, but it would also be the great before with the mentor program. So it would have some tinge of what Joe and 22 are running around doing, is this idea of a mentor going, look, we need to get you into some things. So we're going to try this. We're going to try that. We're going to try cooking. We're going to try music. We're going to try dancing. We're going to try philosophy. We're going to try all these different layers to try and get you into the mode that you're excited to go have a life. You're excited to go do a life. This great before really does give layouts to personality building, that you take on certain personality traits and that there's no pain. Nothing can get hurt there. The great before is the buildup and the excitement to life. It's like the intro to the song before it really breaks into the depth of the lyrics and the hook and the chorus. And it, it's, it's this nice little, hey, here we go. We're getting excited. We're doing this. And everything in there is super happy. All the great befores, the little souls are just excited, right? Because 22 explains it like earth fucks them up. Earth is what makes them miserable. Like everything's happy here until they actually go down there, which is another reason why she evades it. So in the great before, it's personality construct building. And there's also these God constructs that are there, right? So the first, I think they call themselves Terry. I can't remember. Yeah, it's Terry and Terry. I'm Terry. I'm Terry. And he's like, well, what are you? And he's like, well, I'm just a form that your mind can understand. So it's like I'm just kind of an overseer here to move things around, just part of the process of the situation. And then you have the count, which we'll get into in just a second. But these constructs, they're just like lines with faces. <laughs> it's so cool. And they can freeform into different shapes. They're like an unfolded paper clip made out of light bulb. It's awesome. Their personalities are very like just okay got it ah. so it's like very retail salesy like you're you're just here to grab some personality traits and then we're gonna help you get right along over to earth and oop, let's make sure you're right where you need to be quiet coyote <laughs> so there's like levels at which they're almost like babysitters but not in a way that's authoritative it's just presence uh joyful presence that to me was a cool construct because then the counter side was the count the count is the guy who's keeping score of who lives and who dies, like how many numbers are on earth, how many people have died. And when Joe sneaks off the conveyor belt, it throws off the count. So the count shows up and he's like, the count's off. Where's the fucking soul that's missing? And they're like, well, you're the guy who does the count. So why don't you solve that problem? <laughs> he goes and solves it, right? But he has, takes him a second. He has to go through literally all the archives to figure out where all the souls are. So he's taking his sweet time through the first part of the movie, like trying to figure out that it's Joe. He's the one who inevitably busts Joe and is like, you cheated, dude. You have to die because you can't do what you just did. You're not supposed to do that. You get to sit here and argue all you want about how 22's taking your earth pass that you helped her earn because she used your body. But the truth is you cheated. You don't get to take a shortcut. This is what your path was. And that's what you have to stick to. The count is a good representation of a balance keeper, right? Of what we would call the hands of fate. Who's keeping score when it comes to one lifetime to the next? Count is a really killer example of that. 
and he's very serious about his job. These are not authoritative figures that are responsible for punishments and rewards. They are presence figures that are responsible for a certain operation, a certain process within the whole. This becomes so valuable to your understanding when you really get into the depths of wanting to understand the nature of God and the nature of reality and the nature of the universe. Because at the base, it's just process. It's just presence and process. It has so much less to do with rewarding and punishing you for decisions you're making, like way less to do with that because you're going to hold yourself accountable for those inside your own heart and inside your own mind. So even that in and of itself is a process. I'm going to leave that right there for that piece of it. I want to discuss the mentorship program real quick, though. The reason why I vibe off this idea so hard, and this plays off something completely different than Coco, because Coco tells us that everybody dies and they go to the same place. But in this, I do perceive there's some aspect of this mentorship program that exists. When my son's dad died, I had a lot of dreams about him at, at a school. I had tons of dreams. Every time I would see him, it was like I had to sneak off to see him, and we were in a school. And I've had more than one medium explain that when people die from traumatic deaths like drug overdose or suicide, their soul is fragmented for a while. And they go through kind of a process of relearning what they just went through because they separated so fast and the process was traumatic. So their soul actually needs a moment to kind of recoup before they're held accountable or whatever. Now. Everything is speculatory, right? Because it's neither here nor there. So I like to just engage on ideas. You can take it or leave it. I found this mentorship program to be so interesting in this movie because I'd had these experiences with him in a school and I had had multiple mediums tell me this is what happens with them when they do that. And then inevitably too, they turn around and become mentors. They turn around and help other souls who come through that way and who are fragmented that way. And it's as if this is kind of like a gig that they do when they're on the other side, right? This is why it does correlate with Coco to some capacity because they would still have job functions on that other end. I highly regarded my son's dad's death as an opportunity for him to be able to do more spiritual work with me in ways that I couldn't fucking see. And I still believe that to this fucking day. So that mentorship program and the way that Joe kind of lands in that to me speaks to this same kind of process. He dies randomly and suddenly where he's kind of confused about where the hell he is. So he pushes through so he don't have to go to the great beyond. He pushes past a hundred year old lady who's like, yo, I've been waiting for this forever. And he's like, not me. And that kind of vibe to me says a lot about how a soul must feel when it detaches from its body, but it doesn't, it's not ready to do that. And that there is this process that we can go through that we can move through depending on what we choose and that is also very fascinating it's like the hands of fate can't really hold you in this space you you have this opportunity to to move on the in-between such a trip in closing to this movie joe gets back in his body. And like I said, he has to go find 22 in this lost soul. When he gets back into his body, he has the memories that 22 
created while she was in his form. And they are so subtle and so profound for him that it's what makes him realize he was very selfish to her because the things that she gained were so simple. It was like a sucker from the barbershop and like kindness from a stranger and music that she heard in the subway. Like it was the subtlest of experiences for 22 that made life this deep, profound experience. And I'm like choked up by it because in the last month I've, you know, kind of gotten tossed back into my grieving process with the different events that have taken place, people actually dying and different transitions. There's levels to observing life in this profound way that anyone and everyone has access to at any moment. Right now, as you listen to this, you can look around whatever space you're in and just take in the complexities, take in the complexities of the color, of the shape, of what it took to make or create the thing that you're observing, to be able to relish in those moments. It's the subtleties, it's the little things that really shape the profound, big, divine experience that you're having here. If you're making it a divine experience, it can be a miserable one too. It's up to you. (laughs) So with that being said, I would like to thank you for being here and I'll just, you know, whatever, whatever you do with your social medias, like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever it is. And I appreciate you. I appreciate life and I appreciate that you're in it. Peace.